21 says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision fell it? Tell them, therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect or fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more vain or empty visions, nor flattering divinations within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall do what? Come to pass, or it shall be performed. It shall be no more prolonged or delayed, for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, said the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come. And he prophesied of the times that are far off. Therefore I say unto them, third time God responds, Thus said the Lord God, There shall none of my words be prolonged. They shall not be put off. They shall not be deferred. Shall not be prolonged anymore. But the word which I have spoken shall be done, said the Lord God. And so we have, we see here in the text where God, he's talking to the prophet Ezekiel because Israel, what they are experiencing is what I call the fear of unfulfilled vision. That every vision that they had received, everything they had been shown and every word that they had been given for God, they did not see those visions manifesting they did not see that word coming to pass. So they had the fear of unfulfilled vision. And no doubt, there may be some people in here today listening to me. You, like the children of Israel, the people of God, you're operating in this same fear of unfulfilled vision. Maybe you fear that visions that God has given you will not come to pass. Dreams that are in your heart, heart's desires that have been birthed within you, even God's word, you don't see it coming to pass. And so, therefore, you're operating in the fear of unfulfilled vision. Well, God responds three times to them, letting the prophet Ezekiel know to tell the people that if I've spoken a thing, I'm going to do it. If I said something, I'm going to make it good. I'm going to bring it to pass. You know, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hebrews says that it is impossible for God to lie. So whatever God has shown us, God wants to cause that thing to manifest. Your heart's desire, God wants to cause that thing to manifest. There's nothing more miserable in life than having a dream, having a vision, an ambition, a heart's desire, or receiving a word from God and not seeing that word manifest in your life. And so we're talking about the fear of unfulfilled vision, the fear of unfulfilled vision. This is actually lesson number four. An objective is to equip you in faith and wisdom and get your focus in fulfilling your dreams and manifesting the visions of your heart. There are some things in your heart that you desire to see come to pass, that you desire to do. And I want to help you in making that happen. And so this is an area where you and I we have to release our faith, use the faith of God, and not only use the faith of God, but also use the wisdom of God in causing these things to become a reality. So let's get right back into where we left off at. We was talking about five major obstacles of unfulfilled vision. Five major obstacles of unfulfilled vision. And these are the things, the hurdles, as it were, that are standing in many of our way that need to be overcome in order for our visions to manifest. Some of you have visions for your family. You have desires, things you love to do in the life of your children. Maybe there are some things you love to do just to be a blessing to other people, things that are in your heart that you want to do before you leave the earth. And so we've, we've cautioned you and said it's important that when we leave the earth, we leave here empty, that we leave here having done everything that has been in our hearts. Amen? Amen? And so we've established that the failure to overcome these obstacles is to live a life of lesser existence, a life of lesser existence. A life of lesser, lesser existence is a life where you do 
what someone places in your hand or you do what someone talk into your head, but you never do what's in your heart. And so that is a life of lesser existence. And the scripture says that God will give you the desires of your heart. And so when we live a life of lesser existence, then what happens is our heart becomes the grave that hold our visions and our dreams rather than being the garden that grows our visions and our dreams. And so number one, the first obstacle we gave you was becoming restricted by fear rather than releasing faith for the dream that God has given us. Becoming restricted by fear. Fear paralyzes, whereas faith propels. It paralyzes you so that you don't move forward. But God wants us to release our faith and use our faith so that we could propel toward the destiny and those things that he put in us. The second obstacle that we gave you and talked about was not developing our gifts to help facilitate the vision that we have. The vision that you have, the desire that you have, that ambition that you have, what are you doing to develop your gift to help facilitate that vision or that thing that's in your heart? Number three, we talked about not understanding the nature of vision. Not understanding the nature of vision. And what is the nature of vision? We gave it to you last week. What is it? The nature of vision is what? Specific. It's specific that you cannot be all over the place trying to manifest things. That you need to get specific. There's something in your heart. You're, you're called to something, but you're not called to everything. Amen. And that's why we all have gifts, talents, skills, and abilities that, that differ. We have resources that, are, that differ. We're, we're not the same. We're in the same body, but we're, we're not the same. My hands are part of this body just as my feet are part of this body, but they don't do the same things. Amen. They differ in feature. They differ in function because of what they're supposed to be doing. And so you have to develop, you have to, you have to make sure you understand specifically what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And why is that important? Because specifics, it protects us from wishful thinking and vague imaginations. Wishful thinking and vague imaginations. Number four, we said not recognizing the cost of vision. That's what we want to talk about today, the cost of vision. Your vision, your dream, your heart's desire, that ambition that you have, it's going to cost you. Amen? It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you. And so we gave you last week the cost of vision. And what is that? Diligence. Diligence. And so today, we want to talk about being diligent. Are you diligent? Ask the person next to you, say, are you diligent? Are you diligent? Or are you lazy? Ask somebody else, say, are you diligent or are you lazy? My, 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 my. <laughs> because your dreams, your visions, those things that's in your heart may not be manifesting because you've not been diligent. And so today I want to talk to you about diligence, get as far as we can. Now, what is diligent? Because this is what your vision is going to cost you. It's going to cost you being diligent. It's going to cost you being persistent. It's going to cost you doing some things. Diligent is earnest, persistent application to an undertaking. Earnest, persistent it's not hitting and missing. You're persistent. Persistent application to an undertaking. It is attentive care and heedfulness. Attentive care and heedfulness that is characterized by painstaking efforts. Characterized by pain taking effort. Now go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 5 and verse number 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse number 3. 
We're going to walk away here today with a mindset of diligence. Amen? Everybody looking for the overnight stuff. Everybody looking for quick, fast, and a hurry. Get rich quick and all those kind of things. Folks, it requires diligence. It requires effort on your part. Amen? That any area of your life where you're going to be successful, where you're going to achieve, it requires diligence. It's going to cost you diligence. You're never going to reach the financial goal you desire to without some diligence. Amen. Your marriage is not going to be the marriage you wanted before you got married unless you put in some diligence. Amen. You're not going to be in your career. You're not going to be in that business, what you wanted it to be. Your career is never going to reach that apex where you want it to, where you are really maximizing your potential and, and doing everything that's in your heart without some, what, diligence. And so today, we're going to have to drink some diligence. Like it or not, we have to have diligence. All right, look at Ephesians, I mean, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 3. He says, for a dream cometh, for a dream cometh, or uh, a dream manifests, a dream cometh through what? The multitude of business, the multitude of business. Look at the latter part of that. And a fool's voice is known by the what? Multitude of words. See, you don't want to be classified as a person who just, who just do a bunch of this. That's a, that's a, that's, let me see what the Bible said. The Bible said that, the Bible said that's a fool. He just, he, he doing all of this. Now, 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 be, be mindful now that, that words coming out of your mouth is important. But there has to be more to you than just talk. Because we, we have to talk because we have what we say. That's how we release our faith, through talking. But when we have faith without works, then our faith is dead. And so not only do you need to be talking, you need to be able to back that talk up. Go to James chapter 2. Let's look at, look at something. Just, we're going to come back here, so just, just place a ribbon there, and we'll come back. Go to James chapter 2. Now, if you're sitting next to somebody who don't have a ribbon then you know who you're sitting next to, right? That's a rookie. They don't have no ribbon, that's a rookie. And them folk who use their iPad, if they don't have a ribbon on the iPad, they're a rookie. Either way you slice it, you're a rookie if you don't have a ribbon. Watch verse 17. Verse 17 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is what? Dead being what? By itself. So when it is alone, it has not works. The Bible says it is dead. Look at that in the Amplified. He says, so also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to do what? Back it up. See, your talk should back up what you say. Your actions should back up the words that's coming out of your mouth. You should release your faith. Whatever you believe, you should be speaking it in, out of your mouth. Whatever's in your heart in abundance is going to be coming out. You're going to have what you say. You should be speaking life to your vision, life to the dream. You should be using your mouth, but if all you're using is your mouth, then the Bible says your faith is dead. You need to have works and actions of obedience. Why? To back up those words that's coming out of your mouth. So it's not enough just to talk. Talking is a part but it's more to it than talking. I mean, no, it's more to a marriage than just talking about something. Now go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. He says, a dream coming through the multitude of business, through painstaking efforts. That's what that is. In the, uh, in the Amplified, it says, for a dream comes with much business and painful effort. Painful effort. So at the first sign of resistance, that's not the time to quit. That's not the time to give up on my dream. That's not the time to throw in the towel. But that's the time to keep the pressure applied so that I can manifest my dream and manifest my vision. Amen? Amen. Now, the principle of diligence. 
The principle of diligence is God's plan to keep you faithful, to keep you fruitful, to keep you focused, and keep you from falling. The principle of diligence is God's plan to keep you faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to whatever that dream is. Faithful to whatever that vision is. Keep you fruitful. It keeps you being productive where that vision or where that dream is concerned. It keeps you focused so you're not distracted and you're not moved by everything else that's going on around you. That principle of diligence keeps you focused on what your dream is, yeah. on what your vision is. Yeah. And it keeps you from falling, that is, falling away, giving up, throwing in the towel where that dream or where that vision is concerned. So diligence is important. When you are diligent, the blessing of God will be on you and on the work that you do. If you want God's blessing on what you do, then you must be diligent before God. Let's look at a couple of, couple of scriptures here. Go to uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 24. That the blessing of God. Now, what is, what is the blessing of God? The blessing of God is the empowerment of God. It's God's ability upon you that makes it easy to do what you do. Amen. The blessing of God. It's, it's, it's an enabling. It's, it's an anointing. It's an unction so you can function and bring success to whatever it is you're involved in. And that blessing comes as a result of you and I being diligent. God does not put his blessing on lazy folk. Amen. Why? Because you don't need the blessing to do nothing. You don't need an anointing to do nothing. You don't need an empowerment to do nothing. But when you're doing something, when you're going somewhere, when you're progressing down the road, then you need God's blessing, you need God's anointing, you need his favor on you and on what you're doing. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 24, let's go there. And in Deuteronomy chapter number 24, and verse number 19, when thou cut it down, when thou cut it down, harvest, cut, when thou cut it down thine harvest in the field and hast forgot a sheaf in the field, Thou shalt, go, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widows, that the Lord thy God may bless, may bless thee in all the what? Work of thine hands. So he says here, he's talking to the people, and he says, now when you, when you go to get, get your harvest, when you go to gather your harvest, he said, the sheaves that's left over, he said, don't go back and get that. You leave that in the field so that the widows can get it, so that the fatherless can get it, so that those who are less fortunate than you are, they can get it, and I'm going to see to it that I bless all the work of your hand. Amen. Now I want you to see the diligence here that he's diligent to go out and at least get his harvest. Right. Now, not only it's not, it's not, it's not mentioned, but you, you know it's implied if he has a harvest, that means that was a time where he was sowing. So he was diligent in sowing. He was diligent in getting his harvest and then diligent in listening to God and carrying out the instructions that God gave him. And God said, I'm going to bless the work of your hand. How would you like God to bless the work of your hand? That whatever you put your hands to, God causes it to prosper. Amen. Now go to chapter 28. Let's just go a couple of chapters over. Chapter 28. And if you look there in verse number one, it says, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken what? Diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Hearken what? Diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now skip down to verse number eight. It talks about a whole lot of things, but I just want to get to verse eight. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse. Your storehouse is the place where you store your resources. And God said that I'm going to cause the blessing Command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. God said, I'm going to bless your storehouse and then everything you put your hands to, I'm going to bless it. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. That when you're diligent, God said, if you start a daycare, I'm going to bless it. Amen. 
When you're diligent, God say, I don't care if you start a courier company, I'm going to bless it. Whatever you put your hands to, if you get promoted, wherever you get promoted to, God said, I'm going to bless it. Wherever you live, I'm going to bless it. Wherever you, whatever you decide to do, God said, I'm going to bless it. But it goes back to verse 1, if you're diligent. And so when we are diligent, we are setting ourselves up. See, the lazy man, he's looking for the trail. He's looking for the shortcut. But the diligent man, he takes the path that God has set up regardless of how long it takes him. And so when you are diligent, God said, I will bless everything that you put your hands to. Now, folks, you got to think about it. Where would you be today in life if everything you put your hands on, God had blessed it? God's anointing was on everything you touch. God's blessing was on everything that you touch. His favor was on everything that you touch. We'd all be in a better position today if everything, and we'd put our hands on a whole lot of stuff. We had adventures and endeavors and business ideas, all this stuff we've been putting our hands on and none of it's been blessed because we've lacked this principle called diligent. But when you are diligent, God said from that moment on, when you make a decision to be diligent and walk diligence out, whatever you put your hand to, I don't care if everybody else fails at it because you're diligent I'll see to it that it prospers and I will bless it why because you are being diligent tell a person that should say diligence pays off amen so God is expecting us to be diligent now I tried to take diligence and, and and just put it in a capsule for you so you could just Take the capsule. You know, um, I was watching some uh, infomercials, and you know, you see all kind of stuff on television, and I don't remember when this was, but you know, they, they was talking about people who exercise and work out, spend time in the gym, talked about people getting up early, you know, and then people who, who go to the gym even after they get off work. Right. And they said, here's a capsule, and if you take this pill, three times a day, whatever the case may be, it sheds the weight off. And I said, uh, okay. So in the pill is the treadmill. <laughs> you know, you got, you got 30 minutes on the treadmill. All your walking you can ever do is in the pill. And, you, you know, you're lifting weights and, and, you know, you're eating right and all of that. All that's in the capsule. And then they have somebody up there showing them, you know, I've been taking the pill and look at me. I used to be like this. Now I'm like this. And you already know they're not like that because of that pill. I hope you know. So I'm, I want to, I want, I, I've taken diligence and put it in a capsule so that you could, you could make it applicable in your life. So, so when I talk about diligence, here it is in the capsule. Investing time, talent, and efforts, and doing a thing expeditiously, efficiently, effectively, and in excellence, watch this, Every time. No shortcuts. Tell the person that just say no shortcuts. I'll give it to you again. It's investing time. Investing time, talent, and efforts. See, lazy people, lazy people have no regard for time. To a lazy man, time means nothing for them. Because he tell you, I'll get there when I get there. But see, it's, in, it's taking time and investing it because you're expecting a return from the time you put in. It is investing time, talent, and energy and doing a thing expeditiously, efficiently, effectively, and in excellence, you're not cutting corners, every time. Folks, that's diligence. Amen. That's operating in diligence. 
It is human nature to follow the path of least resistance. But you must become motivated to choose diligence over the natural inclination to be average and mediocre. When you're average and mediocre, you live by the quote, going with the flow. And you don't know where the flow gonna take you. But when you're average, when, when you just average, you just, you just, you just do enough. All you, all you need is a C to pass. So you, you do everything you can, just, just get that C so you can barely get by. And the same faith and study it takes to get a C, it takes the same faith and study to get an A. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Now, let's look at, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. If you are a person who quit at the first sign of resistance, you lack diligence. You lack diligence. If you quit at the first sign of resistance, you lack diligence. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 18. Watch what he says now. Because I have to move you away from slothfulness, from being a sluggard, to where you are becoming diligent. All right? Watch what he says in verse 18. By much slothfulness, the building decayed. And through idleness of the hands, the house dropped through. Whole house then fell in. Why? Because he was going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I told you I'm going to get it. Well, see, there you go. You, you, got, you got a lot of this. But where's your action to back up you saying you're going to get it? I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. You just got to learn how to crank it right. <laughs> You holding the screwdriver wrong. It ain't gonna never crank like that. You gotta hold a screwdriver like this. How about we just be diligent and fix it like it's supposed to be fixed so we can use a key instead of a screwdriver? All right, watch this. Here's another translation. Laziness leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. The lazy, watch this, waits for everything to tumble down and yet decide to do nothing. Just wait till the whole thing fall apart. You, you, you just wait till, you know, till, till you're at the worst state of your health and still do nothing. You wait till you just can't, you know, till they, they're getting ready to fire you when you could have been correcting something. And, and even when they bring to you what needs to be corrected, you still do nothing. Yeah. See, that's lazy. That's lazy. That's lazy. And the Bible says that when you are a lazy man, poverty will find you. Yes, yes, man. Are you listening to me? So God wants you diligent. Tell the person next to you, say, God wants you diligent. Put, put the message Bible up of, 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 of that. Let's, 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 let's read that. I don't, uh, a shiftless man lives in a tumble-down shack. A lazy woe man ends up with a leaky roof. So we don't want to be lazy. We don't want to be shiftless. We don't want to be sluggards. Amen. Amen. So I want to give you the motivation, the motivation. The motivation should be the rewards that diligence brings because diligence pays off. Amen. Doing it right every time because diligent is as diligence does all the time. Amen. And it pays off to be diligent. It pays off to be excellent. It pays off to give more attention to the detail. It pays off just doing it right the first time. Amen. All right? Now, <clears throat> number one, here, here are the rewards, and I'm going to give you several, but this one in particular, I want to look at this one uh, from the Scripture. 
Go to Proverbs 10 and 4. Go to Proverbs 10 and 4. And here's the first reward of being diligent. Everybody listen carefully. You will be made rich. Listen carefully now. You will say, if I am diligent, God said in his word, he'd make me rich. Say, when I am diligent, I can expect God to make me rich. Now, listen carefully, because we'll look at it from the word now. Now, when I talk about being rich, because that word kind of, you know, it kind of throws people off in church. I ain't going to talk about being rich again. But God promised to make you rich. Now, when I say rich, you can't think a million dollars. I didn't say God's going to give you a million dollars. That's not what I said because, you know, based on where you are, a million may not even be a million may not make you rich. See, if I, if I have a million dollars, I'm praising God for his help. But now, if Donald Trump just got a million, he praying to God for his help. What's the difference? It's all relative. It's based on where you are in life and based upon what you're called to do and what you are involved in. Now, when I talk about being rich, forget, I'm not talking about, I didn't say nothing about a big house. I didn't say nothing about a big car. Forget about all that. I'm not talking about the American dream because God is not an American. So I'm not talking about no American dream here. When I say be rich, to be rich according to the word of God in the kingdom, I'm not talking about rich according to the world standard. But rich in the kingdom of God simply means that I have enough to give to the kingdom of God. I can give my tithe, I can give my offering, and I can support the kingdom of God. I have enough to take care of my family. I can be a blessing to somebody else when God tells me to, and then plus I got enough left over to put in store for myself. Now, that's what it means to be rich. It simply means to be abundantly supplied. It doesn't matter how much you have. If you're, pay, if, you, if you're paying a large mortgage, but now because you're paying the large mortgage, you can no longer give your tithe. That ain't rich. And that is not the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord, it make it rich and it has no sorrow with it. So if you got the big mortgage, praise God for that. But now if the child got to come out of college because you got to pay your mortgage, that ain't the blessing of the Lord. That is the burden of the lazy because you have not been diligent to do what you need to do. But it is the will of God for you to be rich. And if you can do everything I just mentioned on $100,000 a year, then that's God's will for you. Has nothing to do with millionaire status. But if you need a million, based on where you are, then that's rich for you. Are you listening to me? So number one, God will make you rich. Go to Proverbs 10 and 4. I don't know why the church gets so upset when you start talking about being rich. And, 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 and rich folks are the one they be trying to borrow from. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You, you, you're against being rich, but then you, you always trying to get something from the rich. Are <laughs> oh, you listening to me? But God, the scripture said that God wants to, wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. That's right. You can't be a blessing if you're not blessed yourself. You can't help somebody else if you always need help yourself. Are you listening to me? But God, he wants to make you rich. He wants you to be abundantly supplied so you don't have to struggle in life. So you're not just living paycheck to paycheck. And so you have to be diligent to be brought to a place of prosperity and wealth in life. Got to be doing. Can't be doing foolish stuff. Amen. You can't be trying to live outside your means. Yeah, right. You can't be trying to impress folk. Yeah. You can't be trying to keep up with the Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 You need to live where you live. So you can be a blessing because one man's state, he does it with ease. You try to get to that state, and now you're struggling. You got also, you're working 12 jobs. 
because you're trying to keep up with somebody. And now your wife never sees you, your children never sees you because you're trying to keep up with somebody else. That is not the blessing of the Lord. All right, verse 4. He becometh slack. That dealeth with what? I mean, he becometh poor. He becometh what? Poor. Poor. Now, that's another level. That's a, poor is another level from poor. <laughs> see, when you poor, see, you, you, you miss, if you poor, that means you, you got to come up to be poor. Because you missing two letters. You po P-O? <laughs> you know, the, the Lord got to bless you so you can get the O and R. <laughs> he becometh poor that dealeth with a what? Slack hand. He becometh poor. It didn't say the Lord make him poor. He becometh poor, who deal it with a slack hand. A lazy man will attract poverty. Amen. Amen. Look at the latter part of that. But the hand of the diligent make it rich. It's right there in your Bible. The hand of the diligent make it rich. So if you're diligent, what's the reward of being diligent? God's going to make me rich. The hand of the diligent shall be made rich so you can be a blessing to other people. Amen? Amen? So he says, the hand of the diligent, it maketh rich. And that's God's will for your life. Remember, rich is not about, it's not about a figure. It's not about a certain amount, folks. It's about where you live and what you need so you can take care of the kingdom of God, take care of your family, be a blessing when God tells you to be a blessing, and you're able to put some money back. That's God. It is not God's will that you spend everything you have. That is, that is not God. That is not the will of God that you, you paycheck to paycheck living. That is not God's will for your life. Now, you may be there, but that's not God's will for your life. God's will is that you are blessed. Amen. 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 And not that you're just living, you know, hand to mouth. That, that's, not, that's not God's will. You need to get diligent. Amen. Because the hand of the diligent it make it rich. Yes. And not none of this false prosperity, this false stuff, you, you're trying to impress folks. It's, it's not about that. You got an $800 purse and don't even have $800. <laughs> ain't about that. It ain't about that. You don't even have nothing worth $800 but the purse. Can't even find $100 in the purse. You just got a big satchel, a big makeup bag. That's all that is. No, that's not, that's not God's will, but a lot of times, see, we like to live like that. We like to put on. We like to pretend, try to act like we are who we're not. And you just need to learn how to be diligent, learn how to be where you are. If I can't get a name brand, that's all right. Everybody in here got on some name brand. Now, it may not be named like somebody else's stuff. It's a name on your stuff. <laughs> we all got on name brand. Amen. Somebody name on that. Are you listening to me? Amen. And that's the reward of being diligent. You know, you got on a $1,500 suit, custom suit, $1,000 pair of shoes. You're blinging and all of that and don't even have $500 in the bank. What is that? What is that? See, that's, that's the burden of the lazy and not the blessing of the Lord. Folks, you, you, have to become, you have to become content with being where you are. You can only be one place in life, and that's where you are. Yes. You use your faith to get from where you are, but you start where you are. Amen. 
Amen. You don't start trying to keep up with somebody else. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. So the hand of the diligent, it maketh rich. Let's look at a couple more. Uh, number two, you, you, you have the gain of sure advantage. Yeah. There are advantages to being diligent. Amen. Diligent people get advantages. Number, 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 number three, you will gain control of your circumstances rather than your circumstances controlling you. That's right. When you're diligent, you're in control. Amen. Right. Number four, you, you have the experience of true fulfillment. Yeah. There's nothing like knowing you've been diligent to get where you are. Amen. And it brings true fulfillment. You didn't, you didn't steal to get where you are. You didn't cut corners to get where you are. You, you have been diligent. You know, I, I, I earned this degree. Amen. I put the time in to grow this business. Amen. I led my family the way it is. And it brings you a sense of true fulfillment because you know that where you are, you paid the price of diligence to get there. And you can feel good about where you are. It doesn't matter what folks say about you because of what you drive and, and where you live and all of that. It don't even matter because you know you pay to be where you are. You put the work in and the work is called diligence. I got up and went to work while you were asleep. That's why I am where I am. See, it's your diligence. I didn't spend all my money. That's why I have money today. It's called diligence. I worked on my marriage. That's why me and my wife get along. It's called diligence. And you can have that sense of true fulfillment. Amen? The next one is the attaining of respect and admiration of those in authority. When, when you operate in diligence, people will respect you. Amen? You can change how your boss see you. You just start getting to work on time. Amen. We don't need to talk about what you do when you get there. Let's just, let's just get there on time first. You ought to be tired of going to work like this. <laughs> then when lunch over here, you come again. <laughs> you come in. Where you at? Where you at? Just being diligent. And the man will promote you. Because promotion comes from God. God will speak to the man. And say, promote that fellow right there. But folks, they can't promote you in all these lates on your time call. Amen. And you nursing the clock during the day. Well, they pay me more. I work more around here. They, they ain't seen me work yet. They, they, they ain't seen me work. You let, you let them give me a raid. They're going to see me walk around here. <laughs> now, how asinine is that? You expecting a harvest and you won't sow a seed. You got to work first, then the harvest come. You can't, if they give me a harvest, then I plant something. <laughs> Man, if they investigate and... And, 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 you know, and take your time card into the lab. They see all kind of fingerprints on there. You've been having everybody clock you in, man. Hit, my, hit that card for me, man. Clock my card. You got to be diligent in the workplace. That's some of you in here. You desire, you know, some, some of the youngsters. You, you want to be in the NBA, the NFL, or, or, or baseball. You, you won't get diligent. You won't get diligent. You just want to play ball. Get your work. Pass your grades. Work out, train. Don't be talking, I'm good. I ain't got no train. Yeah. It's called diligence. Yes. If you really knew the odds of getting into those, those professions, you'd be diligent. Yeah. There's a whole lot of folk can play ball, not in the NBA yeah. or the NFL. Yeah. It's a lack of diligence. Yeah. You got to be diligent. Your needs will be satisfied. When you're diligent, your needs will be satisfied. You'll experience ever-increasing success when you're diligent. Man, isn't that good? Your success just keep on. Yes. Your success just keep on. 
But that's what happens when you're diligent. And then your efforts will be profitable when you're diligent. And you will enjoy your possessions when you're diligent. You can enjoy that house. You can enjoy the automobile. You can't enjoy it and you got to hide it. You live on the north side and keep your car on the south side. <laughs> how you going to enjoy that? You, you, can't, you can't enjoy it. Every time you see a record, you speed up. <laughs> <laughs> and diligence will cause you to be able to enjoy. If you be diligent, you can, you can enjoy the money you make if you learn to be diligent. And stop handling your finances like a lazy person. Let's look at this last scripture and I'll be done for the day. Go to Luke chapter 15. God wants us diligent. You want your dreams and your visions to come. Everybody in here has a dream. Everyone in here has a desire. And I'm telling you how to get that. You can't just, it's, it's more than somebody laying hands on you. Pouring all on you. You know, they lay hands and pour all on you and you go home and go to sleep. What that gonna do? <laughs> what, what that gonna produce? Pouring all on your dream? Oh, that's fine, all that's well and good. Okay, what you gonna do after you do that? Luke 15. What man of you having a hundred sheep if he lose one of them, <clears throat> do it not leave the 99? Uh, do it not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost, which is lost until he searches, he looks until. I want you to get a hold of that. This is diligence. That I stay at it until. The Bible says he keeps searching until he finds it. That he doesn't give up. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how many years it takes. I'm going to stay at it until. I'm going to stay at it until I get my name restored, until I get my credit straight, until I change my resume, Un until you stay at it, until I change this marriage. See, diligence, it sticks with it until. Now watch what it says, and, and, when, she, and when he found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. See, that's a time of rejoicing. Because he's been diligent and his efforts have paid off. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Look at the next one. I say unto you, he says, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented, more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Look at verse number eight. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver? If she lose one piece, do it not light a candle? Sweep the house and seek diligently what? Till. Light a candle. Let's do what we need to do. Light a candle. Let's, let's read some books. Let's, let's do something. Let's, let's call. Get on the internet. Google something. Let's, let's do something. Light a candle. Sweep the house. And the house wasn't dirty. Yeah. Right. Well, it ain't dirty. I don't need to sweep. She's sweeping with a whole nother goal in mind. Yeah. I'm trying to find my coin that was lost. Well, don't you have nine other ones? It's not about that, folks. Because sometimes the most precious thing, it's only precious when it's in your hand. $5 lost, $5 in your hand. Folks, the value is the same, but then you're able to use it once you get it in your hand. So it said, she sweeps the house and seeks diligently until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends together and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. And that's what we want to get. When we call our neighbors and our friends, it's because we want them to rejoice with us. Yes, Amen. You want to get to the place where when you call folk 
and they answer the phone. You say, hold on, don't hang up. I don't need nothing this time. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know you think I'm going to ask you for something. Just hear me out. I got on my own two feet now. And I just want you to rejoice with me. I just want you to, I just want you to praise God. I didn't got my credits. I don't need no ride to work. I didn't bought my own car now. And I just, I just want you to rejoice. Now, I don't need no help with the light bill, but since you've been helping me, I just called to see if you need anything this time. Because I want to be a blessing to you. Why? Because I have been diligent and my diligence has paid off. And I'm telling you today, diligent, it may take you longer, but when it takes longer, it'll last longer. And when you get there, you'll be able to rejoice because your diligence has paid off. Takes diligence. But by diligence, you'll finally get there. Amen? Amen. Even if you got to move like the turtle, if you keep moving. See, the only ones don't get there is the ones who stop moving. But even if it's turtle style, you'll get there. And when you get there, you want to share it with somebody else. You want to be a blessing to somebody else. Like when they was on that boat and they caught that boat load of fish, the Bible said they beckoned for their partners, saying, come over here and help us and get some of this increase that we have. And I declare over your life, you'll be able to do that. It doesn't matter where you are today. You'll be able to call folk up and say, look, I just want to be a blessing to Lunch on me today. I want to buy you a dress. I want to buy you a suit. I want to bless your children. Why? Because my diligence has paid off. You ought to be tired of being on the end where everybody got to help you. You got to be saying, Lord, raise me up. Make me the man. Let me use my favor. Let me use my ability, my influence, and my wealth so I can be a blessing to somebody else. I'm not just looking for folk to bless me. I'm looking for somebody I can bless. But it takes diligence to get there. But if you're diligent, you will get there. Tell the person that you say, I'm on my way there. That's, tell them, say, that's where I'm on my way. I'm on my way there. Tell them, say, say by, faith, by faith, I'm already there. But in the natural, I'm on my way there. That's where I'm on my way. Amen. 